All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. A little bit of Friday funk here. Oh, yeah, that's Carter and the Capitals, another local band. Uh, They just dropped a new track today called You're My Friend, featuring Stephanie French, another talented Edmonton artist. And they're going on tour this May, a little Western Canadian tour. So if you want more information, tour dates. Check him out on social media, Carter and the Capitals. Little Prince vibe there. Yeah, man. He's a big Prince fan. All right, singer. Wait, Prince is dead? Welcome yes, to last oh. year. Damn. Wow. That's too bad. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Oilers Nation Radio episode 30. Episode 30. Milestone episode. Today, we want to thank Sherwood Ford, the giant for helping make this all possible. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford. If you're on Instagram, follow them at, at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Christopher, you were a guest at last night's game, courtesy of Sherwood Ford. How'd that go? It was great. Uh, David, they're one of our marketing managers, took me out. Uh, Sherwood Ford has great seats to those games. Good for them. Uh, they do well. Uh, they were uh, very... <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations to Sherwood Ford for doing well. <laughs> They uh, it was it was a blast. It was a really fun game. Um, seats were great, as I mentioned. Um, Where were we sitting? We were sitting in the in the section one hundred three, rows eleven, I think. So it was a right right in the middle. I've uh, I've questioned my myself for a long time. Would you rather have season seats like at the end of the ice, so you can see one side more, or in the middle of the ice? And after last night, my answer is the middle of the ice. Yeah, I think that personally, I would rather have the um, middle of the ice. Yeah. You know, get a good vantage point in both. I've sat, I find when I sit behind the glass that you just miss stuff. You get a really good, you get a really good idea of what the offensive zone setup is like and that kind of thing, but you also miss half the game. Yeah. So while you're what you see when you do see it is really good, you you completely miss the other side of the ice, and you find yourself your necks like cocked upwards, staring at the TV for like thirty minutes, which kind of sucks. So the middle is probably better. I would say the middle's better unless you're right behind the glass. I sat in those seats during the playoffs a couple of years ago, right on the glass behind the bench, and those are probably the worst place you can sit. But you do yeah. get to hear crazy stuff. Though. So you do. Yeah. You get to hear the bench and the the chatter, and that's cool. But I found myself watching the TVs yeah. underneath mm-hmm. the jumbo you get a sore that's neck. That's the thing about sitting there is you're, there's so many distractions. So you, you're not watching a lot of the game anyways. Uh, our seats were high enough above the bench that you're not, your view isn't blocked, but you can still see all the action on the bench and like what's going on. So I thought that was really cool. I've only ever sat in the upper bowl. You've never once been in the lower bowl. No. 
Really? What? Yeah. You've never used like the. I only have my I have my quarter season seats and I'm up in the upper bowl and I love the upper bowl. I think the upper bowl is a great. Uh, Nothing's wrong with it. No, it's good. Point. Well, this is gonna sound bad because I'm like a half season <laughs> ticket holder, maybe like a third kind of weird flex, right? Well, I'm, what I'm about to say, I, you just you I just, spend you, way too much. I spend way too much for this. So all I'm gonna say, we're down in 134. So we're on the hash. We're on the on the bottom hash marks. <laughs> Give him a round of applause. Thank you. We're on the bo- bottom. See, Dan hash comes marks. out here and he's like, "I love my quarter season tickets." And Rick's like, "I'm a half season ticket." Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna t- and I'm, and he's a half season. All I'm gonna say ball. is that you know what? Even from my point of view, it's really good up until the puck goes into the far end on the same side of the boards. I can see everything, but there's a slice of pie there that I have to ter- I have to look up for. Yeah. So yeah, no, there's definitely better areas. Um. Drink rail. Love the drink rail. They're perfect. It doesn't matter which level you are. Second deck, though, sometimes there's like three or four seats in a little row. And th- like the top row. And those those right there are perfect. You got like your own little you know, your own little area. Wow. No one behind you. You got space up there. Those are perfect. I think the you don't best have to seats. Look, yeah, sorry. Be- you, I was just going to say, you don't have to look up at the Jumbotron in the upper the deck. The best seats anywhere are standing room. I love standing room, too. As a person with an attention span that lasts two seconds. And sitting still is a grind for me. Standing room is the bomb. So you can just wander around, pace. That's ideal. Do you prefer it to the drink rail here? In- yeah, the drink rail is fine too because it's yeah. basically an ADD zone because you can get up, but you still have a seat. Um, but like when I go to baseball games in Toronto, I'm always, I, I buy a seat in the 500s and I'm always down at the flight deck. I stand up the whole time because I do not like sitting down. Part of me also misses the gallery. From Rexall Place. Oh yeah, the gallery was so. The gallery was good, man. Like that's where the rowdy, that's where the rowdies were. That's where I saw the weirdest shit happening at the arena. Was up in the gallery. I miss that. I love Rogers Place too. I'm a big fan of the escalator. Uh, The escalator is kind of jarring. So big. Fear not, bag milk, uh, because we are going to press level in Calgary. (laughs) No, no, Dan. I said escalator. (laughs) I said escalator. (laughs) Oh, if you like heights. In two weeks, uh, I guess a week and a half now, or a week and a day, we are going to Calgary to to close out the season. Little fan therapy roadie down to Calgary. We are going to have a hashtag good time. And what Dan is saying is that if you are coming on this trip with us, I encourage you to carb up before we get there because you are going to take a hike up to the press gallery level bring a tent because you have to stop and make camp halfway up bring oxygen too. Those make tanks. sure you have tips for the sherpas that lead us up there they're very kind people there's a lot of books out there that explain people's accounts of what it was like climbing mount everest and they give advice like having tanks of oxygen and that kind of thing that'll make your endeavor up the incredibly steep slopes of the saddle dome much easier cameron Yes. Last time we were at the Saddle Dome. Yes. You took a little tumble. I did. I uh, so. Did you take a tumble or were you shoved by a? Was I shoved by an inside job? As we know, back when we were in Calgary last time in November, we didn't know that Jay the Squire was a Calgary Flames fan. We thought he was one of us. And I got up to cheer. Alex Chiazon scored a shorthanded goal. It was exciting. That's when he was the answer, and I fell down. And now, looking back in hindsight, knowing that Jay is a avid member of the Calgary Flames fan club, there's a very good chance that he was so angry <laughs> that the Oilers scored a goal against his beloved Flames that he pushed me down five rows of seats. If you want to get a ticket to this trip to Calgary, there are still a couple of rooms available. We're running out. If you're already in Calgary, there's also a link there. Go to BacksideTours.com. They've got everything you need up on their homepage, including a ticket link for you folks that are living behind enemy lines. I encourage you to join us. We always have a good time. We get a little bit silly. It's a long day of drinking. It's a, yeah, it's, it's never a bad time though. Chris we've, already sounds burnt out from it. The Saddle Dome tired. is our second home now. I feel like, like we've done this Whoa. trip. Of, no, no, but no, we don't do that. We go there so often. You know, it's my second home at the Saddle Dome the uh, alumni lounge. And that's where I plan on sneaking into again because your security sucks and you will not stop me. My favorite part of the saddle dome is when we leave. My favorite saddle part of the saddle dome is their large collection of shovels that is shrinking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, well, one for one, one for one. And then I took another one. We don't know where it is now. I think backside still has it in there. Maybe what if backside surprises us. Yeah. If backside gave me the shovel back and I could sneak in another one, 
and I could go two for two and sneaking in shovels, and that'd be cool. That'd be I great. Don't, I don't know if they still have it. Maybe I'll just bring my own shovel from home and give it to them. Yeah, maybe like a uh, one of those little hand spades that you use for uh, you know planting flowers or something. No, it's summer's coming, right? Uh, last night. There was an Oilers game. Unfortunately, it did not end the way we wanted. Anton Kudobin stood on his head. Oilers outshot the Dallas Stars by a two-to-one margin. Still ended up losing the shootout. Sucks. Of course, Alex, he failed us. Alex Chieson shot a field goal. My goodness. We'll Alex talk about Chieson. that in a minute. What wow. I want to get to first is Leon Dreisaitl hit 100 points last night, 47 goals. Anybody surprised that it was Connor to Leon and in? Or I guess Nuge was involved in the mix, too. The big three getting in on that... Uh, 100th point anybody surprised by that they were I mean, so happy their reactions they they knew what happened and and connor was like looking for leon the whole time and just their smiles on their faces were awesome so dry hit 100 points last night mcdavid's already there that makes mcdavid and dry the first oilers teammates to have 100 plus points since 1989 jimmy carter <laughs> <laughs> yes i wrote an article today for oilersnation.com go read that where i said it was jimmy carter not Jimmy Carson that was involved in that 100-point season. So I want to congratulate the former president for still kicking it at 94. He builds houses. He was a peanut farmer. He also got 100 points. And he was the first ever president of the United States to be born in a hospital. Congratulations to Jimmy Carter on an excellent career. He did it. Uh, and Yari Curry was the second. Uh, the last time this happened in the NHL was with the Washington Capitals back in 2010 when Backstrom and Ovi did it. And Bag Milk, what did that team finish? How did that team do? Did they get halacked? I think they were the president. I think they were the president trophy winner that year. That so. was the team that got halacked, right? That yeah, was the team that lost so. seven games to Montreal and halacked oh, made yeah. nine thousand saves in four games or something. So I what I think Dan is saying is that the Oilers are closing in on a president's trophy here. Surely, if you have two Correct. teammates with a hundred plus points, Nuge hit sixty-five last night, which just keeps not rocking up his career best. The question I have for you guys is: seeing two players hit a hundred points. Does that make you feel positive heading into the summer, the off season, next season, or is it just another kick to the pills that the Oilers should be ahead of where they're currently at? It's a positive current, positive, but going into the summer, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's frustrating that this team is just just scratching at the surface of. I mean, we're gonna be we're gonna be mathematically eliminated in April, which is a positive, but also a negative. Because we shouldn't be at this point right now. It's also the one thing I find that's a little disappointing about it is it's they both had such good seasons. And can you go into 2019-20 expecting Leon to score 50 and 105 points or whatever he's going to end up doing again this year? Why wouldn't you? I mean, he's shooting like 25%. I don't know if you can replicate that. Look, there's yes, you know what? It sucks that we are where we are. But the reason we are where we are is gone. He's been gone for a month, maybe more, maybe less. I really don't remember. I was drinking a lot that night. It was a big, big win for me. A lot of celebrating that night, but he's gone. That negativity is over. I understand that it's still 12 out of 13. I get where everyone's coming from. I have been fully invested in this team since 1981. I get it. It hurts just as bad, but there is a lot of bright spots on this team. Look at those three players. Look at your defense. Look who's coming out of Bakersfield that's going to push for spots on defense. We're going to be forced to start moving younger players to bring in just because we have too many players in that in that spot. We get a proper GM in here. There's a couple moves he has to make right away, trying to get out of some money, but it's not impossible. This can be fixed. We will be in the playoffs <laughs> next year. This sounds I, like a stump speech from a from an election. An election year. That was amazing. I have an announcement to make of positivity. <laughs> okay. Here comes another <laughs> stump just, uh, speech. Right. Pivoting. Listen to this. Give him a sec. He's got it, he's got it written down. In the, yeah, I, I did like real quick research, so I'm, I'm like 90% uh, positive that this is accurate. In, <laughs> in the 1989... The other 10% ni- is up to you for interpretation. Go ahead, Chris. In the 1989-90 season, the Pittsburgh Penguins had both Paul Coffey and Mario Lemieux uh, who put up over 100 points each, they didn't make the playoffs. The very next season, they won the Stanley Cup. This is the third time in NHL history that that two teammates have scored 100 points in a season and then not made the playoffs. The Lemieux Penguins are the place to look when you want to be optimistic about McDavid because everyone says it's impossible to waste 
McDavid's talent. No other player that good ever misses the playoffs. But you look back at Lemieux's career and, you know, it took him like seven years for that Penguins team to be good. So, I mean, it's not impossible for the Oilers to make that It's been done before, and that's all we should remember. So Mario Lemieux missed the playoffs five of his first six seasons with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Joe Sackick also had a run. Uh, I'll look that up in a second. Joe Sackick also had a run where he missed the playoffs a bunch early in his career as well. You know, nobody looking at it. Uh, he missed five of six as well when he first came into the and league. And this was also days. back in the league when like 90% of the teams were in the playoffs. That's right. So it's it's more difficult to make the playoffs now. I mean, compared to Major League Baseball, it's easy. I, I have to say that. In the NHL, 16 teams. You know, just just got to get that in there. I know Chris told me before the podcast he wanted to make sure that I could get in some baseball talk. He that's was excited yesterday. It was opening day. Yeah, that's what he, he wanted. wanted. to hear Blue Jays. But talk. the fact is, is that missing the playoffs in the NHL in this day and age is less bad than missing it in the 80s. So I think there's reason to be optimistic given looking at the Penguins that the others could take a big step next year. I think like Rick said, I think... The goal should be to try and clear some space. Uh, there's some options I feel like that need to go. Uh, we already know that Tobias Reader is not being re-signed. The CEO let us know that, which is his general job. No, you're listening. I know. Uh, <laughs> if they could manage to somehow get rid of Lucic's contract, that eight million bucks. Uh, give or take your math on a guy like Chris Russell, that would be another four. I could see him being back. Either way, do you think this offseason is is when you they seriously take a look at buying out like half of his contract and trading? L- Lucic, yeah. The problem with buying out his contract is that it doesn't save a whole lot of money for the way that Pistol P put it together. He gets insane bonuses, so the options really are you're probably going to have to throw in a sweetener. I hate to say it, but a guy like Jesse Pugliarvi to move it, a first-round pick to move it, you're going to have to do something like that to move that because nobody wants it. You can also wait because we remember, like like we've talked about before, we have a lockout coming up pretty soon here. CBA is going to expire right away. There's a good chance we're going to get a compliance buyout with that lockout. It's a fair chance, just like last time. If you get one of those, then you can rid yourself of Lucic, no problem. Of course, compliance buyouts brought to you by our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> they want you to have a great deal no matter what your walk of life, whether you're running an NHL team and you have to get cap compliant or if you're looking for a new F-350, which the boys went out and drove Hell yeah. this past week, that thing is a monster truck. Go check them out, Sherwood Ford. It was Head on unit. out to Sherwood Park, Alberta. See our friends at Sherwood Ford. Follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Quickly, Sherwood Ford has a cool social media contest going on right now. What Bag Milk just said their handles were. Uh, they're giving away, uh, they have 10 pairs of tickets to the Edmonton Motor Show next weekend. Uh, so you just have to find the contest post on all three of their platforms. We've got it on our platforms too. So you have six opportunities to enter. Uh, you you got to tag them, uh, like them, tag a friend. The usual contest details, but they're giving away some tickets. So check them out. Friendly That's remind- a oh. very good chance to win unless you don't have friends. Then in which case, go out and make some friends. Tag them in it. Yeah. Friendly reminder, our social tag right now is at Oilers Nation Alt. Yes. Hashtag Free Oilers Nation. We are still in Twitter jail. Jack will not get back to me. Jack is avoiding it, me. Jack. He's avoiding my appeals, my calls, my emails, my tweets. Use the Free Oilers Nation hashtag. Help us out. Help us get out of jail. Until then, Oilers Nation Alt Though we were talking about the other day, we might switch those handles around. Get rid of the alt, put it back in Oilers Nation 2. We'll just switch those handles. You know what I mean? Do a little switcheroo. little switcheroo. We'll talk about that. Uh, earlier on, I touched on very quickly Ryan Nugent Hopkins hitting 65 points for the first time in his career. He got the assist on Dreisaitl's 100th last night. I want to talk about the absurd springtime tradition that all the local media well not all i shouldn't say all that's unfair some local media like to bring up where they decide that they are going to trade ryan nugent hopkins for player x and i'm curious what you guys think about this i think it's absurd however i'm incredibly biased i'm a card carrying member and president of the ryan nugent hopkins fan club I've been a founding member since 2011. I think the idea of trading him is absurd. The guy is 25 years old and he's only getting better. Why are we doing this, Cam? You wrote about the Ristolainen rumors from last week. Why is this happening? Well, I mean, the Oilers do 
as we know, have a big need on the blue line. They have they have guys that are good, right? Like you have, you know, your Sakara, your Larson, your Clef Bomb, they do their thing, but what they sorely lack is a really good guy on the power play. And for all of Ristolainen's warts and inadequacies as a player, he is quite good on the power play. He has a good shot, he moves the puck well, but that pretty much ends what he does well. And I think Oilers fans and the media tends to do this too, gets tunnel vision. When you see a player's name, you recognize and they do one thing well, you think about how much it would work if you have them here. And now everyone's just really excited about the idea of this one-for-one trade, Nugent Hopkins for Ristolainen, which in my opinion would be a hull for Larson-esque bad. Look, there's... I get why everyone wants to look at Nuge and, and, and think that's what you got to do to move in that guy. But we don't have to move. Like, first of all, the, the hole you're going to create when you move someone like Nuge, you're just going to have to fix again anyway. So really, that's just it's shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Who becomes get over that? Best get over that. You don't need to do that. First of all, when it comes to that right handed defenseman, <clears throat> Ethan Bear is knocking on the door and might be ready to go next year. You can use a defenseman who plays third line minutes five on five who can play on the power play you've got connor you've got leon you got nude you have a lot of guys out there already so you don't need to go out and get this number one defenseman like that yes you need a number one defenseman on the team and i think we might have one in, in bush but that's going to be a couple of years away i don't go and spend a guy like nugent hopkins to try and fix that hole that hole you can kind of band-aid for a little while the biggest issue on this team is that we don't have enough scoring depth Defense is fine right now, and I know it's not great, and I'd love to get out of the the the, the uh, Russell contract and bring up a Bear, a Jones, a Lajeson. Doesn't matter. You can bring up anybody in that spot, but let's get out of there. We need to focus on scoring goals, scoring goals. Keep the puck in that end, and everything else will kind of fix itself afterwards. I'm annoyed that we're even talking about this because I think it was Jim Matheson sent the first tweet about the Ristolainen and rumor, and I'm pretty sure he was the only media member that did it. Mark so Spector had Spec uh, a couple days it? before he said, well, and this one is the one that drives me crazy. And, you know, we've hung out with Spec a bunch of times and he's a super reasonable guy. So I don't understand whether he's just, yeah, he's doing it for the clicks, which I get. We, we all need them page views. But like three weeks, uh, well, I guess a month ago now, he wrote that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a piece that you can build your team around. Connor, Leon, Nuge, you're set down the middle. You can bundle two of them up on one line. You can do any combination that you want with those three guys and you're going to have some success. Fast forward to write his, what the Oilers need to do in the offseason. He's saying, I'm packaging up Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Adam Larson to try and get something, get, get an upgrade. Like, what are we talking about? When did when do you see the very successful teams, the ones that win, the ones that are competing every year, when do you see them draft players, develop them until they're finally turning into what you hope they would be, which I feel like Nuge is doing right now, only to trade them? That's only an Edmonton thing. That's uh, only an Edmonton This thing. would also be, if, if we're actually going with the Ristolainen thing, this would be another <gasps> example of trading a high-value player that we have for a low-value player somewhere else. Well, like, and Ristolainen right now is only a minus 45 on the season. I mean, plus minus is plus minus is bullshit largely, but I mean, good Lord, minus 45. And it, and to put it another way, if Ristolainen is a number one defenseman for the Buffalo Sabres, why would they get rid of him? Yeah, exactly. Because they went out and they got Brandon Montour for a mid first round pick. And now they want to move Ristolainen. So what does that say about Ristolainen? Exactly. Like you don't see Tampa Bay rushing out to move Hedman. It just doesn't happen. If you have a number one defenseman, you're not moving them unless you're Bergevin or something and you don't like P.K. Subban's shtick. Like, I don't get it. I just don't understand it. Um, another thing I want to bring up from last night, uh, we touched on Connor getting an assist on Leon's 100th. Connor went out and got himself a ridiculous goal for his 40th. He went through the legs, top shelf, absolutely absurd. I ripped a hole clean through the front of me trousers. It lasted four hours. I consulted a doctor. He looked at it and he's like, is that a McBoner? And I said, yeah. And he's like, you're okay. I've, I've seen 12 people with McBoners today. They're everywhere. <laughs> Towel racks of plenty around the city today. What I want to know is, was this Connor's nicest goal? And first off, I want to lead off with Chris because he had a very interesting critique 
of what happened last night. Chris, go ahead. So I'm not taking away anything from Connor's goal. Obviously, yes, you are. don't preface it. Just go. yes, you are. This is in terms of his his career best goals, and I'm ranking it as number two behind Columbus. The reason being is his the form on the between the legs, like great goal, highlight real goal forever. It'll be in the top ten forever. A goalie slash referee making a comment on the form of a Connor McDavid goal. Listen, listen, listen. So Connor McDavid raised, took his left skate off the ice when he uh, what did a the scrub. Legs. No, I'm, it's a it's great, and half the league keep your legs on the ground, you fucking, but fucking nerd. When when comparing it to the Columbus Blue Jackets goal, um, that was his first game back he, uh, from his collarbone injury. Uh, he Brandon put up, Manning. He put up five points that night. When comparing it to that goal, I take away style points because Connor took his left leg off the ice. If if he would have had his leg planted firmly on the ice, he would have successfully did the uh, between the legs. So now Oof. he was balancing on just one <laughs> on one razor blade nah, instead of Rick. two. So one he's now balancing all of his weight on one thin piece of metal no. instead of two. Rick, you know you've I'm sure we've all tried to do that move in practice and shinny on the UDR. I do it every it's day. It's so much easier to do it when your left leg is off the ice. It is okay because you get you have more room only, to shoot the puck. The only difference between that goal and the and the Columbus goal is that it, the the Columbus goal was an entirety of the ice movement. Like he was from one end to the other, deking around guys, splitting the D, all that. His best goal though has to be the Anaheim goal, the playoff goal. where he stopped on a dime and then he just and he and the entire the rest of the game was still continuing as if he's skating around. And then he puts it in the net, no problem. That was a hell of a shot, and I guarantee, I, I agree with you there. That was one hell of a shot. He stopped that defenseman went right past him. See you later, pal, and went straight upstairs. But in terms of skill, last night's goal was the best. It's the situation, though. It's yeah, we got to take context into account. It's the playoffs. That was that was a huge moment. He, I can't remember the situation, the game, and off the top. They of were my head, losing. They were time. losing, yeah. and they were mounting a. Because the thing with this Dallas like, goal is, it's just like a, a lazy late season game, and nobody was really checking him, and he kind of just glides to the net and puts. Dallas is playing for their damn lives They're right the playoffs. now. They're fine. They're, They're fine. playing for their lives. I think when you're looking at goals, you you think about we were talking about Ovi's goal. We you talk about luck. You talk about the skill. Uh, the fact that you can do it and no one else can do it, and you can talk about like the the work behind it. Um, this was more referring to Ovi's sliding on his back goal. But I think this is way better than Ovechkin sliding on his back goal. The sliding on the back goal is not even Ovechkin's best goal. But you can't you can't disagree with the point that you would give more skill points to Connor's goal last night if he had his left leg planted on the ice. <laughs> no, yes, I can. <laughs> no, I absolutely can't. Yeah, I think this is I think this is just never crossed my mind. This is a goalie. This is a goalie. Okay, talking. we're after it's this podcast, talking. we're going there's sticks upstairs. We're all going to try the in between legs move. <laughs> And uh, you're going to see that it's much harder to pull off when your left leg is on the Chris, ice. Chris, I can tell you for a fact that not once last night <laughs> did the thought cross my mind that, you know what? That goal would have been that much more nice if he had kept his damn leg. Well, it's what, true. What would have it's made true. the goal more nice is if A, it was in the playoffs, and B, there was more pressure on well, him. obviously. That's what makes like, the Columbus and the Anaheim goals his best two goals. Yes. That's that's what matters the most is it's all about doing cool shit under pressure. And another situation, exactly, the Columbus goal being a game where he came back from injury. The league was watching. Everybody was watching him, excited to see what he could do. And there he, he just made the entire Columbus team look pedestrian. That's what I'm saying. That's why I would rank. It has nothing to do with no, his leg being up in the he air, He could have kicked his leg all the way up, <laughs> yeah, all the way up above the harder. crossbar. That'd be no, harder. it's had not hard. It's behind easier. his head. You if have he so put, much. If you put that leg behind his head. The goal would have been that much more. You have so much more wrist action room, room to shoot the puck when your leg is off the ground. Not really, because your foot, your hand's already through there. Had he not put his leg up, he's not like he's not doing the right thing for the play. Like you want to create the most. Like what he found was the perfect middle ground between having space for wrist action to make the shot and putting the stick between his legs for the deke, and that's smart. We're gonna make some great video content. It was the greatest goal he's scored right now, and Coom. Connor doesn't feel pressure. He doesn't know what that is. Because he's never in the playoffs because the Oilers. <laughs> oh, no, because no. when, when you're the top of the mountain, when you're the best of the best of the best of the best, you don't feel pressure. The only pressure he feels is from within. And he knows damn well that goal was his best so far. The only saving grace here, it'll kill the conversation. We have seven more years 
he's going to score at least three more better. Only seven. At least three. But if he keeps it, that's if, that's if he keeps his ice, skate on the ice. Yeah. I'm going to go out and throw out a different, like, I love the Columbus goal. That's my favorite Connor goal. But another one that really comes to mind is the first game of last season when he completed the hat trick against mm. the Flames, where he flew past their entire Sorry. roster and just left them in his wake, burned Mike Smith, roofed it, and just kind of like went around like it ain't no thing. But then, and then there's another one. It's, it it brings back the situation into the conversation. I don't know. He, when he Mike was skating so fast, he, he didn't have both of his legs on the ground when he was skating. That's true. If he had kept both of his legs on the ground while so he was skating So when he does his fast. power stride and he does his knee drive out, and he just brings his leg off the ground. It's stupid. You guys are just being ridiculous now. <laughs> hey, what about the Tampa Bay goal he scored from that impossible angle? That should be up there, too. That was, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. On uh, Vasilevsky. So yeah, Vasilevsky is good, and Tampa Bay is good, too. This last summer, I did the top 10 Conor McDavid goals of the 2017-18 season, and that was number one. And you picked all a bunch of goals where he's taking like wrist shots with his legs firmly planted on the ground. I look forward to the addition that you do for this season where yes, we, this goal, this goal comes in around nine or yeah. ten. We can, one thing we can, an all, honorable mention. we can all agree that that was his best goal of this season. Can we? Because you have been dumping on it this entire segment. It seems to me that if we go around the table, democracy would suggest his best goal is the Anaheim playoff goal. No. I do love that goal, but I don't know if that would be my favorite. You and Dan are the only guys who think that. that. Well, that's be two votes to one vote votes. to one vote to one vote. Nah. Yeah. So that's the winner. Winner. All I know is that they just, they all blend together for me. Every Connor McGoal <laughs> is absolutely beautiful. I love him. It's a fun debate to have though. Sure. Oh yeah. Oh, there's no playoffs to talk about. Exactly. Connor was actually. They're still in the mix. They could, <laughs> they could do it. Connor was on fire last night. He was, he was. Deacon like threw guys legs all night long and just like the crowd was going crazy. And then obviously the overtime when we couldn't get Nuge chase on nurse off the ice. Oh, they got him. That was a hell of a shift. And then Nuge was out there for like two. Yeah. And, half. and then he Connor got the Connor got on the ice and everyone like breathed a sigh of relief. And then he got the puck and like everyone got on their feet. It's great. Well, the crowd gave a standing O for for uh, for those three guys. To, oh, it was great. To it survived was, that. Yeah. And it wasn't and they didn't rely on Koskinen to have to do it, too. All I know is that the outcome from last game absolutely stinks. <laughs> Fortunately, our friends at Pop, ah. <laughs> they can help get rid of all of that for you. <laughs> Go on out to the pogstore.com. Get yourself a deodorizer. It kills 98% of household odors caused by bacteria and fungus. There is a portable. There is a plug-in. No matter what your situational need you go ahead to the Pog score. They've got a solution for you. It freshens and purifies the air naturally using the power of nature. Coom. Ozone. Yes. You love ozone. Ozone. It smells it like ozone. It eliminates odors without the use of dangerous chemicals. Ozone was my favorite character in Dodgeball. Yes. Yes. What? Yes. What? Which one was ozone? Go on out to the pogstore.com. Check them out. Check out their 30-day odor-free challenge. Promise you. Your life will smell a little bit better. Boys, I want to talk about something a little bit different. When Ken Hitchcock was hired to replace Todd McClellan in November, we were told that he was going to be around until the end of the season. Now, we've learned that he actually has a three-year contract. What will he be doing for the last two years? We don't know. Dusty Nielsen on Inside the Nation on Monday... He just threw something out there. He 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 admitted he's just he was just you know he's just riffing. Could you see a situation where a guy like Ken Hitchcock is not the coach next year, but bumped up to a place like Poho? Oh, oh, ho ho ho! Actually, du- a f- like a couple months ago, Dusty uh, threw it out there that he might just become an advisor. Yeah, and I can see I, that. I like that much more than Poho. I'm gonna go ahead. This is my gamble. Ready? I'm going to say that the Oilers hire Chris Knobloch as their coach for next year. That was Connor's uh, coach in junior in Erie. He has been an assistant in Philly for the last couple of years. From what I've read, from what I've heard, and people tell me he probably deserves a chance to be a coach. However, he would be a rookie head coach. He may need a little bit of experience helping him out, guiding him along, showing him the ropes. Ken Hitchcock, third winningest coach of all time, could be that guy, Coom, possibly. I see the squire. He's sneaking out. He's got a fresh Oilers jacket on. It is a very nice, bright orange. If you see a man from space, it's probably Jay cruising around in either A, the nation truck, or B, that fresh jacket he's got on right now. He's well, well looking said. sharp. I loved the I loved the suggestion of of Ken Hitchcock as a poho. 
Um, I think I think for I think we can agree right now that Bob Nicholson doesn't know how to handle people. He's he's a brand guy. He's a brand guy. He's here to run the OEG brand, and that's cool. He needs to do himself a massive favor, a poho. And I think maybe there's some better options out there. I don't. I just don't think Hitchcock is a horrible idea as poho. I like. I love the way he's he's handled the media perfectly. He's got them eating out of the palm of his hand this year. Anytime he speaks. We all listen. He's a PR wizard. Because he's a smart guy. He knows what he's talking about. He's been doing he that to us for years. He used and to play with Dallas, and they'd interview him. We'd be have seasons worse than this, and he'd be like, well, you know what? We got to worry about this team. This team's a exactly. really good team. And he'd sit there and pump our tires in front of the uh, cameras, and all the scribes would sit there and write these down and kind of get a chuckle about it afterwards because you know damn well he went back in the dressing room, and he talked to look at Darian Hatcher and Sergey Zubov and Mike Medano, and they had a chuckle because they knew damn well if it wasn't the playoffs, they were going to walk all over us. I, I, and so I, I like the idea there. The only thing that the, the knock that against him that I would worry me is, is he was uh, heavily involved with the Brandon Manning transaction, apparently. And the Petrovic. <laughs> Do you mean uh, the uh, Brandon Manning transaction that sees him playing only six games in the Bakersfield Condors, oh. despite the fact that he was sent down two months ago? Not that one. <laughs> but getting him in the first place. Mm. Yes. So that Brandon Manning. I'm not really a fan of bumping Hitchcock up to the Poho or GM role or anything, given that he has no actual experience doing that. He's, you know, I don't want him involved in transactions and that kind of thing. I think he's great to have in the organization under like player development or that kind of category, you know, like where, where teams are always throwing like random former players like, oh, you know, Mike Sillinger is the director of player development for team X, Jason Smith, whatever, like throw him in that kind of role where if you have a rookie coach, he can be in the mix, give some advice. Yep. Do that kind of thing. That's what I see too. I want to bring up, uh, since we're on the topic of Poho, Elliot Friedman this past week said that Bob Nicholson is interested in bringing in Mike Gillis for an interview as a president of hockey operations, though there are others in management that are vehemently opposed to the idea because Mike Gillis was Michael Nylander's agent during that fiasco in 2007. Now, if you're a mathematician like myself, you can take out a calendar. You can look that it's 2019. You can subtract 2007 from that. You see there's 12 years there, Koo. Yes. If you don't remember, Michael Nylander was a apparently had an agreement in principle to come to the Edmonton Oilers as a free agent. He did not. He went to Washington. He disappeared under the rock of obscurity very shortly after. Now, does it make sense to have a grudge for 12 years? No. (laughs) And who was the GM at that time? And who were we told is not involved in hockey decisions anymore? Peter Shirelli. No. It was Kevin Lowe was the GM at that time. And we have been told many, 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 many times that he is not involved in hockey decisions anymore. And that is inaccurate. No, it's true. He has nothing to do with hockey. He wants nothing to do with hockey. Trust me, that guy does not want to deal with that stupid shit anymore. He gets shit upon for no reason anymore. It's ridiculous. He was our second best general manager of the entire organization. However, I will tell you one thing here. I don't mind this grudge over 12 years because I am on board with watching the Eastern Conference uh, playoff situation right now. And I am begging and praying Carolina loses and gets knocked out. And for one reason, one reason, Olsen, and that's 2006. That's 13 years. And I still have a grudge. So no problem. Go ahead. Keep that guy out of here. I have no issues with a 12 year grudge. I think the point that Coombe is making is that who else in the organization would hold that grudge? There's there's Mac T's around. There's Kevin Lowe's around. Mac T wouldn't hold the grudge because Mac T got an AHL coaching gig under Gillis when he was in Vancouver. There you go. I can't see that being a grudge. Nicholson wasn't around. No. So I don't know, man. Whatever. What happened? But, uh, what happened? But, here's but here's it, the thing that bothers me. I, I like. I don't know. I'm not gonna pretend that I know a whole bunch about Mike Gillis outside of like you know he was a GM in Vancouver. He was at the forefront just, of like, analytics when he was in Vancouver. So like, I'm not gonna pretend I know a whole lot about it. What bothers me is the idea that. If he could, and I don't know, legitimately be the best person for the job, he should get the job. Why are we talking about, oh, well, I don't like this guy because he hurt my feelings. I don't care. I understand what Rick's saying. I still hate Carolina too. I'll hate Marc-Andre Bergeron until the day I die. However, I want to win more. I want to watch a winning hockey team more than I care about any of that stuff. I don't care about what they say about culture. I will adapt to a winning GM's culture. Chris Pronger Poho. <laughs> yes. Maybe, can he like, can he like, 
you know, anchor maybe the second pairing or something. Yeah, yeah. Also? Chris Pronger, Poho slash number one defenseman. It's the same conversation we had with the with the uh, Bob Nicholson comments <clears throat> last week. Was it's just it's not about Toby Reader. It's not about Mike Gillis. It's the underlying issues there that that well, keep so creeping up. Whatever happened to us not trying to hire old bo- like old school guys anymore? Like, w- aren't there any like? Young up and coming, but like guy, the, the word guys. the word on the street is that Mike Gillis, if he's the Poho candidate, that he's like constantly evolving himself in terms of analytics and different ways to approach okay. the game. He was like, he okay. was like the he was one of the first ones in the league to really dive into that stuff in Vancouver. That's good. and that's what he spent his time away from hockey now doing is studying around. So the world yeah, and if we're gonna get one of those whiz kid new GMs that does cool shit, and it's gonna be under you know Mike Gillis. So we it's not gonna Gillis. be under like Ken Holland. Who's going to come in after getting axed from Detroit so they can hire Steve Eiserman? I'm so, convinced. I'm I'm on Team Gillis now. It, it, and like I'm saying, I don't know enough <laughs> about him. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's send the facts over to the Oilers, Bob. We made a decision. You can hire Mike Gillis. I don't know enough about Mike Gillis to like say he is or he's not. My problem is if they're really holding a grudge against the Michael Nylander thing from 12 years ago. Do you want to win here? Are you just, just sitting here glad, like over the pants, handying each other because you, you're boys? Also, wasn't the whole Nylander situation, it just came down to like his, his wife didn't want to be here and Michael Nylander was, he, so he had the contract and then his wife said, look, I, I really don't want to be in Edmonton. Let's, I want to be on the Eastern Seaboard. They're European, <laughs> you know, closer to home, whatever, fair enough. And then they backed out of it. Like, is well, that really something to be angry about? It, did, they, did the Oilers really even want to sign Nylander? He was fucking ass after that. Yeah, like, well, it, I mean, in yeah. hindsight, you look at that deal, Nylander did not do anything. Seems to me that Mike Gillis, all that I can garner from this situation is that he did a good job as an agent working for his client. And that's that's all the only information here. 100%. And to me, if your agent is not willing to make those calls and those conversations for you, then I don't want you as my agent if I'm an NHL player. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Well, he saved. He, at the same time, he saved Nylander from from Edmonton. He saved Edmonton from Nylander. So everybody so. wins. Yeah. So I don't get it. It's another just another weird thing that uh, I, I'm not really sure why that would be a point of contention. At some point, you need to build a bridge and get over it. But what are you going to do? Uh, another thing I want to bring up. Last night was fan appreciation night. Chris, you were seeing some people that were upset about what the Oilers gave out. Uh, I saw a bunch of GCs on Twitter. Uh, you got yourself a little breakfast sandwich. Yeah. Saw that. There's flying pizza. As you'll hear a little bit, we've got an interview coming out with our Finnish friend Larvenin coming up in the next couple of minutes. Jay won a barbecue last night, courtesy of Larvenin. What? I saw Chris was tweeting about flying pizzas. There's flying pizzas. What? What were people saying, Chris? What did they want? I know like in some markets like Anaheim, I was looking it up before we started. They give away TVs and things like that. And that's cool. Yeah. Like I just saw a surprising amount of tweets of people being like, all you could give are GC's Oilers. Like what the hell? So they want, they wanted somebody to be standing there with a box full of beyond meat and eggers uh, and hand them out. No, that was great. They did give away uh, some TVs last night. Uh, One of the things I really enjoyed was the uh, they had a some kind of fitness company? Uh, they had two guys yeah, doing, Apple, Apple doing fitness. a rowing Apple competition fitness. for uh, for for almost almost a full period. No, I was like five minutes to go in the first, and or sorry, in the second, and then they yeah, so like, they got them halfway through the intermission. So it's probably like a fifteen minute type of competition. But I love that stuff. That's hmm. that's that's entertaining for the fans to watch. That's what they have to do every game. And exactly, this this is something that they need to learn to to extrapolate on, yeah. and not just have for one night. So, if you do it every game, though, does it lose some of its luster? Oh yeah, if they do the exact same thing every time, for sure it loses it. But if you little if things like that exactly. throughout the season, if you're coming here up and with there some, and yeah, everywhere, more than just ingenuity, one yeah. game of the year. Yeah. So p- for people who weren't at the game, <clears throat> other things they gave out, they gave out a bag of chips from Old Dutch at the end of the game. They gave out Oiler posters at the end of the game. Um, the pizza, everyone got a flag on their seat. Um, the A and W coupons walking in. They also there were more giveaways with those popcorn. little codes or whatever. Yeah, more couple. giveaways. They were give, They were also giving away like on social media. If they are giving away fifty dollars Jiffy Lube cards to everybody who guessed um, who scored the first goal. They had like the uh, the one shot on net in the intermission from the black blue, blue line for someone to win like fifty k or that something. Poor lady. They had the barbecue game that Larvin and played in. You'll hear about that soon. They like they did a lot of shit. Isn't that a bunch of just the stuff they always have? Like they always have the shooting game, don't they? And I don't think I got, so. I got the, the A&W thing the last time I was there. 
Yeah. You, one, like, one section got it. Yeah, yeah. But this was, they were handing them out as yeah. you walked in. Look, it's fan appreciation. I don't know what everybody wanted. You got, you, well, I was, a, I really don't get the con- the complaining. Yeah. I don't even know what anybody f- else does. I'm glad we're all on the same page. I just want to hear you out because I was surprised that people were complaining. It's Twitter and it's way easier to be negative and complain than it is to be positive yeah. and give old compliments. Whatever. You know what? It was a, it was a good show. It was the game on the ice wasn't as great as we, we would have liked it. But for what they did, I was fine with. The only thing I would have done was when it came to the free popcorn is just rent a bunch of popcorn machines and put them in different areas because it did clog up the food lines. And I'm not complaining. I'm just a little constructive criticism. Yeah. Put them, and you can hand them out in different areas. Make things a little bit more uh, fluid in terms of lineups. That was the saltiest popcorn I've ever tasted. I didn't get any. It was amazing. Sounds like you're a salty fan for your free popcorn. Boom. Nailed it. Uh, Another thing, since we're talking about Oilers fans being negative, I want to talk about Oilers fans being positive. Um, This past week, everybody knows about what went on with Tobias Reeder getting thrown under the bus. It got backed over him. Then it drove over him again. Then it got backed over him. Then it drove over him again. However, I want to give a big credit to Oilers fans. Uh, The other night against LA, they were chanting his name. Last night, I was watching at home and I could hear it come through on TV. People cheering for Tobias Reader when he got a chance, when he had a look, when he had a shot on net. People are getting behind this guy and he's having the worst season of his NHL career. He's probably going to end up as a steal for somebody next year on like a 650 PTO or something. What do you think about Oilers fans cheering for Toby Reader, chanting his name? Dan, I know you tweeted it in the first place. Yeah, it was. I've got, I, I get, I get filled with pride with this city when, when we do stuff like that, it's just it's a little thing. It's 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 very minor in the in the grand scheme of things. Nobody will talk about it, you know, in a couple of weeks time or whatever. But but it's such a special thing that Edmonton does. We get behind our guys. We recognize effort. We you know, we see a guy that's just getting slagged on. Same thing with Lucic. Anytime Lucic touched the puck in the last three or four months, especially the 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 Luch chance have come People up. People always cheer for him. It's it's yeah. it's it's it's. it's special yeah, to yeah. see and the fans the fans are trying and they're doing their best for these guys and- so this is interesting i'm totally behind on what you said dan but then i then i think back to like when we like i'll never forget people booing justin schultz's names when they announced him in the opening lineup but then like then you look at this season and we missed the playoffs again uh and fans are frustrated and Ryder hasn't scored a single goal but everyone's like backing him up and that's awesome but it's so weird how it just like the tables turned. Well, Ryder's doing a busy doing a morning show at Hot 107, so he doesn't often have a lot <laughs> wow. of time or or attempts to score goals. Um, but I remember a, I remember a time in this city when when the team wasn't as good on the ice in the night in the late nineties, and they just didn't have enough enough as much skill. Where we would cheer, give standing ovations for cons- like consistent pressure Jim Dowd. in the offensive zone. Boy, you know, a, a good shift or two would get would get a standing ovation from the city. So it's there. There's a there's a, there's definitely a shift. I think we what I would say is the Oilers fans are definitely emotional and passionate, and it's a little random what we like and what we don't like. Like I mean, like Chris said, we booed Justin Schultz because what he was some 22 year old who was put over his head, and now yeah, we're management really can't score. Him. Yeah, he I didn't because he didn't win a Norris Trophy. What I will say is that. Oilers fans get shit on by other Oilers fans for being too negative, but I think we're negative towards management. I think we're good to players. I think it's a good place to play in regards to having the fan base, having your back for the most part. We do pile on guys though. I will. Say. Sure. I mean, but like go play, like go play for the Yankees, go play in Montreal, go play soccer in Europe and like go play in Toronto. And you're telling me that people won't boo you. Like, I mean, they got booed off in Toronto. They booed them off the ice. Like, a couple of games after the Tavares, yeah. you know, the Tavares thing. It's, it's, let's, let's not pretend this is just an Edmonton thing. Uh, real quick before we get to our sit down with Larvinin, we've got five games left in the Lucic Gold Draft. We are winding down. The games go on Saturday as Dan, then Chris, and then Coombe, then me in San Jose, and then Cam wraps up against Calgary. It looks like this is going to end at at least 3 1 for Coombe. There is a lot of red in my columns here for this Lucic Gold draft that kicked off on December seventh. I have a game left still. You've got which one is it? You've got Vegas on April first. Cool. 
You've got. I got the Calgary when we're there. I'm very confident about that one. So, Chris, you need a hat trick against Vegas, <laughs> or this is over. I just want to get on the board here. I would love to get on the board. I would love to get close to getting on the board. Well, you've, um, you've come in on board with me. You joined the. Yeah, the I mean, the Windicate is the on the board because Dan's got one. Real you know, quick, you, you don't know what it's like to feel the excitement is, of having a Lucic goal in a special. game, man. It is something else. Yeah. Well, when you I was were, at that Buffalo game, holy in God. the crowd for two goals. So my three goals. The first one was a bit of a letdown because I'll be honest, I wasn't watching the game. I was watching Bumblebee at the movie theater, <laughs> but I made up for it by being in a game in which he scored two goals, and I was on the jumbotron. At least you own, you owned it. You know, it's it's, it's sometimes you got to watch Bumblebee. Yeah, the great movie. Before we wrap up, I want again. I want to thank Sherwood Ford the Giant. I want to thank Pog for hooking us up. I want to invite you all to join us in Calgary on April sixth. We are going down for a fan therapy season-ending party. We are going to have a great time. We're going to get a little bit silly. I also want to give a big shout out to everyone that's picked up a Keep Nuge Forever tee as well as a free Oilers Nation tee. Help us out with those. Those are available at nationgear.ca. And then I want to leave you with our good friend Larvenin as he describes his trip so far with a group of 25 Finns that have come over to take over our city. Check it out. Best wishes. Shut up, Pete. All right, so uh, we're here now. Uh, we've got special guest joining us on the podcast, uh, Jay Downton, the Squire. I am not special. Has brought in a, a, a special guest all the way from Finland. Hello, hello, party people. So Larvenin, you're uh, you're here with with twenty four of your closest friends from Finland. Yes. And uh, so why, why are you here? What, what brought you to Edmonton? We are Finns, so we are very passionate about ice hockey. So. so you're excited to be here? Very excited. Second time, and it's so awesome. Last time I was here, 2017, and my heart uh, stayed here still, yeah. Perfect. I, I would love to give a quick background story of how we met Larvin. And as he said, this is uh, his second time in Edmonton. So a few years ago, Jay comes running upstairs with an idea, as he always does, and he says, we need to reach out to a bunch of uh, 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 reporters, personalities, hockey fans in Europe. Um, so we reached out to a bunch of people. And from that conversation, we built two awesome relationships, one with Larvinen uh, and one with Ufe um, from Elite Prospects. So uh, we invited them out here. Larvinen came out the first time with Ufe. This was two years last year. Two years ago. Two years ago, right? Yeah, yeah it was February yeah. 2017. Yeah. He was here for the good season. The good season, yeah. You watched the game, and uh, and then so Larvin went home, and uh, discussions were had for Larvin to come back, but this time with 20 other uh, Finnish hockey fans, and here you are. 24. So, 24. 24. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the power of the internet, us just randomly reaching out to people, and here you are for a second time. Awesome. Yeah, actually, 2017, when I get first email from you guys, I, I think it was like just a joke and trash. I remember that yeah. Prince asking so for money. I, I actually moved the email to my trash bin, and I was like, <laughs> then I was like Googling the fluky Facebook, the Chris name. Oh, yeah. shit. I That's remember, a real person. <laughs> I remember your hesitation. You're like, is this a joke? And then and then we went maybe a, a few weeks without talking because we were working stuff out, and you emailed again, and you're like, Chris, I don't know about this. Like, what's going on? And yeah. Here we are. Well, it's it's you know we we had the honor of being able to host you here in 2017, but you know just like the personality and the person you are, obviously like you know a bromance is formed, and just like the energy that you brought, it was just like contagious. So we were trying to find ways, whatever path we can create to get you come back here uh, with your crew, and now bring a crew, and just kind of like, and we'll get into it here in a little bit, but just like these last, it's been like. 38 hours or whatever since they've been here and it's just i've uh, me personally being part of this i've just been on like a crazy high uh this whole time because these guys came here and they're just full energy diehard sports fans and it just kind of shows kind of like like when larvin was here in 2017 you know he was a guy we saw with like 8,000 followers on instagram right and he's got a brand and he, but he's just creating content creating content and he goes back home and just continues with it and just like this guy gets this, this guy works with big brands in Europe. They send him to, to sporting events because he is the number one Finnish sports fan, period, end of story. And we saw that last night. 
Yeah, it's a great point, Jay. I I have uh, I've also had the chance to hang out with uh, Larvin and his crew now for for the uh, the thirty eight hours or whatever it's been, and it's been it's been an exciting time. And last night, uh, I think all of our nation fans got to uh, got to experience that. There was people talking about uh, hearing the chants on TV coming from the crowd, and and one of the biggest questions we got was, "What were you guys chanting? What was the what was the excitement that you were building there?" We call it chicky chuggy. Perfect. And and, it was. Uh, it's our uh, Finnish national team. Like we are always doing that in uh, World Championships. Perfect. And, that, and that's uh, we we need that here in Edmonton. That's that's the excitement that that we're trying to to expose the fans to. And it was so cool to watch the people around you. I mean, some people didn't get it. Some people were a little uh, a little confused because here's oh. this here's this group of rowdy guys. We loved it. It was amazing to see everyone in the building when you guys would go do that chant could hear it and they would point and look like because I'm, I'm sitting uh, we're sitting across and we have people like being like what what are they doing over there and no. i'm like oh don't worry it's just the fins like yeah and like and i gotta go talk to people in sections over that i knew and they're like oh my god and they knew the fins were here they're like i know where the fins are i know where the fins are so like these 25 people came into the building and took it over like Larvinen was on the Jumbotron like a thousand yeah. times. Oh my. That he was had, the Larvinen show. He had all the the the, the Oilers uh, like um, uh, activation staff going, <laughs> doing the chant, and he's fist pumping, doing the Ace Usain Bolt, winning contests. Like amazing. Th- like they just they just came in with this crazy amount of energy and just like took over Rogers' place. Do you? I don't know. I don't know if you realize how happy you guys made everybody in Rogers' place. We our our Twitter mentions were blowing up last night. Um, we were posting videos of your chance, and people were like, "Man, this is what Rogers Place needs. This is what Edmonton Oilers games needs to be like." And you, this is what every game in Finland in Europe is like for you. I bet, hey, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how would you how would you find the game last night? This isn't your first time watching a game in Rogers Place, but but I'd like to hear your thoughts on the experience in Rogers Place compared to watching games in Europe. It was something different last night because we had the chicky chucky there and it's always like, let's go, oiler. So uh, they, you need it. So you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> we, it's, uh, the yeah. let's go, oilers yeah. chant gets old pretty quick. And about the game, I think it uh, it was awesome because we had a big bet with uh, one of my friends who's here that if Drysaddle will score two points, he will have my face tattoo in his leg. So we had high pets Unbelievable. on that game. Yeah, yeah. so good. So, so now, guys, we need to find a tattoo shop for Juha that we will get the, my face tattoo in his leg. I think Bag Milk is on the case. He knows a very talented local tattoo artist, I believe. Oh, he is on the road, <laughs> but we will find another person and we are going to make this happen and uh, document and publish. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, like it. The, game, so, the game was okay. We were leading like two zero, but what happened then? I don't know. <laughs> that's that's a classic Oilers game for you. Yeah, yeah. But we are used to it. You have and I have already also, so it's okay. Well, so, we're we were there to have a good time, and the yeah. one thing we got to witness was the goal. I guess I think we can call that now. That one, the goal. That was so oh, nice. Unreal. Shit. Yeah, we were uh, we're we're pretty excited about that. We've 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 covered it a little bit earlier, and and yeah, it's it's uh, it's something. It was something to behold for sure. Something exciting to be in the building for. Yeah, and, we didn't see that one coming. And kind of just to, I think uh, uh, to Chris's question there earlier, ice hockey, Finland, Europe, World Championships, you know, Liga games. How does it compare to what you experience in Rogers Place? Hey, you can drink a beer in <laughs> when you're watching ice hockey because we always do it in the bar because we are not allowed ah. to uh, drink in, uh, in the arena. We can and drink it on the arena, but only in uh, district places. Oh, right, yeah. yeah, you can only you can drink in only specific areas. Yes, right, yes, yes. yeah. I got in trouble for that in Sweden. Yeah, because I took my beer up to my seat. I didn't think it was an issue, but so when my friends were walking to the seats and they were watching the security guard, really, you are allowed <laughs> to me to do this. Can I bring this there to my seat? And like, yes. Oh, that's amazing. So that was a, like a big shock for the, my friends here. <laughs> and then, and then, what about like atmosphere wise? You know, NHL Canadian NHL game versus Finnish international. I, you know, game. guys, I love I love the Edmonton that you can wear the exact uh, your uh, jersey in the morning. Yeah, and people didn't, uh, don't think uh, that you're crazy <laughs> because if you wear it uh, in a game days in Finland your uh, team's jersey in the morning so people are thinking you're crazy 
<laughs> yeah, you just wow. put it on when you go to the match. Okay. Oh, you should see yeah. playoffs. They don't yeah. come off for yeah the entire time. Yeah, the city is orange during and, the playoffs. And the atmosphere, people are happy. And like I was telling my friends that raise your hand and put the high fives to the other fans and they will like hit you back. And they were like, whoa, really? They are hitting my high five to us, so they were happy. Nice. And yeah, yeah. And so the atmosphere is nice, and the fans make it like a really, really nice job there. Yeah. I think the one of the most exciting parts of the game last night, besides Connor's goal, was uh, the barbecue competition that you got Whoa, to compete. Oh yeah, yeah. Our boy, our boy, our, our boy over here has got some skills. Yeah, I, I told this Canadian boor guy that, oh my, I'm fat guy from Finland and I know how to barbecue, so you don't have any chance. Oh, <laughs> he was flipping. So just to kind of paint the picture, uh, it was Larvinen against another guy, a poor guy, a poor soul, in the sense of having to go against this guy. And it was two barbecues full of pucks, and you had to flip the pucks into a tray that was like six feet away. And Larvinen's just like, like, just like, like, like Leon dish and sauce is just picking these things up and just like one fluid motion. And they're, they're all landing in the tray. The difficulty was to have them stay in the tray, but yeah, he got, he got, he, I think he won like six to two or something. You just demolished this guy. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, Larvinen wins a crazy barbecue. Yeah. One thousand seven hundred, uh, one one thousand seven hundred Canadian dollars, seventeen hundred dollars. Barbecue. So Jay, you're welcome. <laughs> so well, you I am in the market yeah. for a barbecue, and I go see Larvin after the game, and he's like, "Do you need a barbecue?" I'm like, "Yes." He's like, "Here you go," <laughs> and then I embraced him, and I'm like, "I Amazing. don't know how I can repay this guy, but I'll find a way." So, so Larvin, and you're you guys are here for uh, for a couple more days. Yes. You're going to go see the Ducks. And the Oilers game tomorrow. Yes, we got we got more chants installed, ready to go. You got more chants yeah, coming. Yeah, I need my voice back, but then we are yeah, good to go. Yeah, so we'll get you some that cayenne lemon water to kind of restore the vocal cords. But yeah, no. Uh, Saturday Saturday games, even for Edmontonians, you know, we come up at least another level. It's yep. Saturday yep. night. This yeah, is our we, big night. We hate Corey Perry. So, huh? Yeah, <laughs> you hate Corey Perry. We, you know, I'm excited to see what the crew brings together. We're going to make sure that we document it as well. Like, you know, we caught you guys walking down the street doing the chance. Like, these guys just do, like, like they were just doing this on their own. I was like, whoa, shit. Like, we should stop and, like, record this. Like, this is how these guys are. And I think and girls. There's a few girls on the trip, too, which is yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hockey wives. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think we'll we'll try and get the, the nation activated. We're going to try and get people in on this this ziggy zaggy ziggy zaggy, ziggy, zaggy oh yeah ziggy, so yeah. They, yeah. rogers place heard it for a, that they was did. the introduction last night oh. they got the taste <laughs> everyone who's it. listening to this right now be prepared to chant on saturday night yes 100 percent. maybe we'll do a little tutorial video for everybody so they can get they can get ready to go for saturday oh. night and just just don't stop being you man like yeah. we are so lucky oh. to have you here like like I said, you took over the building last. Yeah, time. yeah, it's it's nice to have the whole city, uh, whole city is uh, reacts uh, the reactions from the city. Like, oh, there's the Finns you know, from the Oilers Nations guests. So it's We're very nice. It. And first time here, you're you guys, you are amazing hosts, and you hook uh, uh, hook me up in 2017. So nice. So I want to bring those feelings what I had here to my friends that I know that they're enjoying when they have like good hosts and. Nice bars and uh, nice food, and of course the NHL. So it's nice and awesome to hear. Yeah, so, yeah well, I think we should get. Like, I think it should be our mission for next season. I think we got something here, right? I like. We'll see how this goes. How everyone liked their time here, but like, let's bring fifty fans next year. Uh, actually, let's fill a whole <laughs> section. Let's do this. So I haven't told you, but I, I have like uh, five reservations already for the next trip. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, so I love good. it. Perfect. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. So, Larvin, it's been a it's been a pleasure having you on. We uh, we are so excited, so excited for what you guys have brought to the city, and uh, we're looking forward to Saturday night. Oh yeah. That's going to be, it's going to be amazing, amazing to have you there. And, uh, and yeah, thanks for coming out and, and, uh, pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, no problem. So if anybody wants to to check you out on social media, where are they going to follow you? Uh, Instagram and Facebook. So I don't use Twitter that much. So, (laughs) and your handle is Larvinen12. Larvinen12, yes. A, or sorry, L A R V I N E N 2. Yes. Also, uh, check out his website, larvinen.com. He's got lots of, uh, merch. 
good looking merch uh, and it's just everything he's got going on in his life I, I wore one of those sweaters for our donair review that yesterday we were yep. honored to have Larvin join us for that that was uh, it was delicious uh, oh it was, my <laughs> I want to have five more please <laughs> and if it, anyone out there this weekend you see a Finn high five a Finn these guys are here to bring in the energy let's have some fun Thanks, Larvin. Thanks, Larvin. Jiggy joggy. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.